The Super 90s Brothers is brought to you by Speak Spokane and presented to you by Delicious Hamburgers. This episode of the Super 90s Brothers was brought to you by Giant Donut Marketing. Did you know you can hire a website developer, marketing director, and SEO specialist for 250 bucks a month? It's true. With Giant Donuts marketing, site maintenance, and paid advertising plans, you get access to the experts you need for one monthly price. See what they can do for you by reaching out to them on their website at giantdonutmarketing.com or any of their social channels. Mention you heard about them here on Super 90s Brothers for special promotions. Go check them out today. Super 90s Bros is brought to you in partnership with Delicious Hamburgers. Why Delicious? Since 1998, Delicious has been providing Spokane's best burgers. Why? Because at Delicious, the burgers are never frozen. Why? Because it tastes better. Delicious prides itself on fresh beef, fresh veggies, and made-to-order fries. And with a variety of sauces all made in-house each day, you can trust that everything is meticulously handmade the same way it has been since 1998. So what are you waiting for? Delicious is located at 1625 North Division Street. De-lovable, delightable, delectable, delicious. Welcome to the Super 90s Brothers. Ow! Where we do hazy memory riffs of the most badass decade ever. I'm your host, Brennan Pointer. Along with me is my co-host, Adam J. Pitzler. And today, we're talking about Super Smash Brothers on the Nintendo 64. Ow! I like it. Oh man, I, I'm I'm excited for this topic. I doing my uh, little quick me, da, j- memory down, jogging down memory lane. I um oh no, it turned that off. Sorry, little beep. Um, you were jogging um, down memory lane. I, so, jogging down memory lane, and I I forget how much I love playing this game. Uh, and yeah, but before we get into the game, Adam, how are you doing? I'm really good. It's really good. The the weather has turned in the Bay Area. It's no longer chilly. Like uh, it's like feels like summer. It's like in the 80s today. So I'm walking around in like t-shirt and shorts, and um, things are opening back up. People are getting vaccinated. Everything feels like it's getting back to normal. Baseball season just started. The Mariners had like a walk off overtime game last night that I like fell asleep to. Overtime extra innings, and uh, I don't know. Everything feels everything feels like it's getting going again. Yeah, it's it's an exciting time around here in in, in my world too. It's uh, lots going on. Uh, it's it's getting warm here. The Gonzaga Bulldogs are in the final four. Yeah, um, I buried the lead. Go Gonzaga! You got for those of you who don't understand, Cyprus may not know the subtleties of American college basketball and like the dynamics of the money and the boosters and the sponsors and all that shit. For people out, people in Cyprus, our best listeners, you guys are so cool, and you're all like, you know, phys- your physiques are phenomenal. Gonzaga is a tiny little Jesuit school in the in the northeast corner of Spokane, Washington. That it has already achieved the level of success it has the last twenty years is almost a miracle. The idea that it could go undefeated and win the national title, which is something that's been done like a small handful of times ever. The idea that this tiny four times ever, the idea this tiny little Jesuit school could do that. It's, it's a Disney movie waiting to be made. If they pull it off, like this will be, this will be a movie. Yeah. Um, very excited for this weekend and hope, 
Hope they pull it off. And and it would and, be a huge deal for Spokane, the city of Spokane. Like the parade yeah. would be off the hook. It would, yeah. Well, I wonder what the parade would be like. To be honest with you, um, in in this day and age. But yeah, it's it's an exciting time. I'm uh, and I'm excited to, to to dive in to one of my favorite franchises of all time, featuring my favorite video game characters of all time, Super Smash Brothers. 64 debuted on april 26 1999 sold over 5 million copies by 2001 uh i imagine that's pretty high on the nintendo 64 list of best-selling games it is and uh we were this is around i mean y2k is is in the midst you know this is the end of the 90s right now how old were we 14 years old we were finishing freshman year yeah so this this came out in between freshman and sophomore year for us. Did you get this game immediately? Uh, no, but that's I did that Christmas. So I got it the Christmas before Y2K. Mm. But um, over the summer, maybe like June or July, my parents owned this uh, cabin way out in the middle of BFE called mm-hmm. Chesaw, Washington was the name of the town. I think I've mentioned it on the podcast. It's it's a little podunk nothing town. But we go up there and go fishing and hunting and just hang out and go camping. It was fun. Well, we t- I took a friend up there one weekend, and there was like this little video store that we would always stop in on the way there. I, had a, I wish I could remember the name of the town. It's right by Molson. And um, anyway, or I can't remember. It's I'm losing my train of thought here. But we stop in this little video store and we would rent movies before we go out there every time because there's like downtime, mornings, nights, whatever. And me and my buddy rented a couple like video games on this particular trip. And one of the video games we rented, because we had seen this awesome commercial, um, which we'll play here in a second, one of the games we rented for was called Super Smash Brothers. And it it had all of this hype from this kick-ass commercial, which we're going to play for you now. Something's gone wrong in the happy-go-lucky world of Nintendo. Introducing Super Smash Brothers, where all your favorite characters go toe-to-toe in one four-player star-studded slam fest, only on Nintendo 64. I That's what I remember about this game the most. I remember seeing this commercial, because this commercial must have been, been playing over and over again. It was what awesome, it, too. It was an awesome yeah. commercial. Mm-hmm. Go watch it. it. It's like our your. It's all of our favorite. It's like Mario, Donkey Kong, Pikachu, Yoshi, Kirby. and like Kirby, and they're wearing like live action. It and looks like Barney. Like it starts yeah. off and it looks like an episode of Barney's Play Playland or whatever it was called, and then suddenly they just turn and start like beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> it's awesome. I wonder if when I saw that commercial, if I had seen that commercial and that was the first time I knew about the game or if I knew about the game before I saw the commercial. Because this is back like pretty, like this is pre-internet, I mean not pre-internet, but like internet just like in the infancy and like you're not like. It wasn't very useful at the time. Yeah, exactly. And so like this, I just was so excited to play this game. Ah, man. Yeah. So um, we we saw that commercial, we rented it. And you guys gotta understand like Nintendo 64 had been around for a couple years. But yeah. I would say that, like, multiplayer, four-person, co- like, couch gaming with your buddies was at its absolute peak in this time of, like, video game hierarchy. Like, this mm-hmm. was before online gaming, really, um, at least for consoles, obviously. 
and it was better than a two-player game. And it was like Nintendo 64 started coming out with these four-player games, like Mario Kart, Mario Party. And this was like the next one. It was like Super Smash Brothers, something you could you could do with like three friends at your house, so four of you at the same time, beating the shit out of each other all at once. It was it was relatively new to video games at the time. Like now there's a ton of four-player like co-op and melee and all this shit. But at the time, really, really kind of unique. Absolutely. I mean, it was. I, I imagine I bought this game immediately when it came out. I remember spending countless nights with my friends playing this game over and over again, playing your plan as your favorite character. And it's just, it, it brings back so many fond memories of just being able to hang out with your buddies and play a video game. Like, and it was probably a, a rotation at my house on like on a Friday night of smash brothers, Mario Kart and, and Mario party, like all, all three of those. Yeah, me too. And uh, some, throw some PlayStation games in there. We used to play uh, like uh, SmackDown Two on PlayStation Two and play like four four player like Fatal Four Way, no holds barred like hardcore matches. That was super fun. But like things you could do with four friends, such a fun time, man. Yeah. So, what were your initial impressions when you like picked it up and played it for the first time? I I, I loved it. Oh, GoldenEye too. Obviously, four player game at the time. Mm. Goldeneye. Um, but uh, I loved it. We rented it. I took it home with this kid. Um, he wasn't like a close friend. He was a neighbor. We hung out that summer really is all. We never like hung out again. Mm-hmm. And um, we uh, we played the fuck out of this game. We I was kind of obsessed with the idea of throwing people off. Do you remember when you were a kid at like the beach and you'd play like mm-hmm. King of the... I remember the, one of the best birthday parties ever was like my cousin Luke's 12th birthday party. This awesome game of King of the Dock. We played like like all afternoon. My my cousin Luke Carpenter has this kick ass lake house on um, in Yelm, Washington, and his my aunt and uncle live there, and my sister goes there all the time. She was there last weekend actually, and uh, they have a boat and all. They they have like the Fourth of July setup, right? Kind of like you, except even a bigger dock that goes out into bigger water at your lake house. Mm-hmm. And me and like 10 other like 10, 11, 12 year old kids playing King of the Dock all fucking afternoon was like one of the best birthday parties I can ever remember. Super Smash Brothers 64 is just one giant awesome game of King of the Dock. Mm. And um, what I was reading about is interesting about that is that almost every other like uh, battle game at the time was all just energy based. Like street, think of like Street Fighter 2 or Mortal Kombat. You deplete their energy bar, the game's over. Yeah. Um, Super Smash Bros. wasn't like that. Like, if you depleted the energy bar, it made them more susceptible to, like, like big hits and big throws. But they weren't dead at all. You you had to get them over the side. And what, what I thought was so fun about that was it created this awesome, like, puppy guarding thing where mm. you would throw dudes off the cliff and then hang out on the side of the cliff while they're trying to jump back and you're throwing shit at them. You're throwing fireballs. You're throwing fucking wands at their head. It was so fun. I I, I was the best at that of anybody I've ever met at, at Nintendo 64 of hanging out on the edge and hit, hitting people in the head with shit as they're trying to return killing them. I agree. Like super specials had the percentage based damage. And so like, as your percentage went up higher, you, the higher got the more likely you were to get like knocked off more easily. Um, but it, but it brought balance into the game. Cause like if you, even if you were had a high percentage, you could still knock someone off with a lower percentage and it wasn't, it wasn't based completely on, what kind of combos you were doing like in mortal Kombat or in street fighter like street fighter was always this like you can cheese stuff in like super smash brothers obviously but like not very easily like, but like mortal Kombat and like super like and uh street fighter you would just like kind of do the same move that you knew how to do that would just kind of keep people away from you yeah and this was like so frantic and like and you could kill yourself and 
and they had all the different modes and we'll get into that in a little bit but i just thought it was just like and i think at the time like you I, people don't really realize this like there was mario kart and you raced against other mario characters but this game took all of the nintendo properties that have never been together in one game and they just put them all together like you're and they made them brutal and a lot of them yeah. had never been brutal like kirby yoshi <laughs> pikachu oh i guess Jig- pikachu <laughs> jigglypuff i mean even mario is not that brutal but this game was kind of brutal i mean it wasn't gory but it was brutal yeah, yeah. and and i think that was what, what was so much fun about it was just being able to take link and put him against mario and have him fight fight each other Dude, I still play this game on my 64. I, I like <laughs> you. I so I came. I, I went and visited Adam a couple of years ago, and Adam has like all of you know his systems, like Nintendo. I don't know if you have a Nintendo, but like pretty much you have like you have your 64, which has gold. You have GoldenEye still for it, and uh, this. And I was like, let's put this in and let's play each other. And that was the most unfun 30 minutes <laughs> of, my, of of my of my visit because like I've never played anyone at like super smash brothers that is as good as you and- no i i know i i i don't want to i don't want to brag here but i'm kind of a savant at super smash brothers nintendo 64 I, I even thought about having my friends like write in testimonials to read on air except none of them can fucking write so it would have <laughs> been except it would have been bad but let me tell you if i had like big chris and like some derek chad some of my other friends here to like give you some testimonials they would tell you that he that I was hands down the best Nintendo like Smash Brothers player that I ever met. There was this one time that this kid came over. He was like friends with somebody else, and he thought he was hot shit. Right? He thought he was good at Smash Brothers. He's gonna kick my ass. Steve Anderson did that too. You know Steve Anderson? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We played Smash Brothers in the black box theater one time after he'd been talking mad shit. Oh my god! With like twenty lives, I beat him. Like at the end, I still had like seventeen lives. I fucking pwned that kid. <laughs> anyway, so some like. Some hot shit talking kid comes through my house one time with like a buddy and my, my friend, uh, Rhett, you remember Rhett, Rhett Estrick, mm-hmm. Rhett looks at him and he goes, and remember matrix was big at the time. And he goes, if you see an Adam, you do what we do. You run, you run like hell. And he was like, Oh, shut up, dude. I, I spent all my energy working that kid. It was like that, that thing on the last dance where Michael Jordan wanted to like humiliate that one guy that scored 50 points and a half or something. Do you remember that part? I, I have never seen The Last Dance, unfortunately. Oh, really? That surprises me. Anyway, I'm really good at it. It's true. Like, yeah, really yeah. good. The new 64 controller is this... If you haven't picked it up in years, it's the most cumbersome controller to play. Because you don't. Because I don't know if I if I hold it like... <laughs> I, I don't know how to hold it. I don't know how to hold that stupid controller. He holds after. it like a mom. He's got like a hand on each side instead of one yeah, in the middle. And, yeah, it brings back nightmares. Let's talk about the characters and... I want to just give a shout out to Nintendo and HAL Laboratory for making this game. It was uh, Masahiro Sakurai is the director of it, and and the the legendary producer from Nintendo, uh, Satoru Awata, who recently passed away about five years ago. They big reason why this game got created, and I have to like say like this isn't a history lesson in Super Smash Bros. We don't do that. We don't do that in Super Nineties Brothers. But like, I just want to give a shout out for. Nintendo and making this amazing fucking game. Um, but yeah, character. let's get into it. Um, of course, there's the first, there's the brothers. Uh, you wouldn't have uh, Super Smash Brothers without having at least the brothers in it. So Mario and Luigi. Yeah, Luigi was an unlockable character. 
Um, mm-hmm. Not difficult to unlock, though, as I recall. You just had to beat a level or beat the game on normal or something. Like it was, it was very doable. Mario and Luigi had pretty much the same skill set. They were a lot like Ken and Ryu and Street Fighter. Like they did pretty much the same thing. Luigi's fireball went straight, and Mario's bounced. And the, I guess Luigi could jump a little bit higher in some move or something. But they're pretty much the same. Um, so Star Wars, you know, Nintendo Star Wars, Mario and Luigi, gotta have them. Next, I, I should let you do these next two. Link from Zelda, obviously. My favorite character of in Super Smash Bros. in a matter of iteration. I mean, you he's... literally you literally have a Triforce tattooed on your wrist, don't you? And uh, you yeah, I a, do. And you have a son <laughs> named Link. Yes. So if you if Link wasn't your Smash Bros. character, do you think that would what do you think that would say about you? It also says about me that I know how to cheese the game with him because if Link is probably the easiest character in Super Smash Brothers to use. That fucking um, that spinning that spinning sword move. It was like down and yeah. B or up and B where you go and it would just yeah. everybody. It was such a that was a cheese move. And you can and you could like use the sword to like hit people above you and like and that, I think that's why on the next character, Samus, the only female character in this game, mind you. How uh, she's also very similar to Link in that like she has the same type of movements. Um she had a really good double jump. Um, that was another thing about Link. Link and Link had a really, really good double jump that you could get. You could jump. You could get back onto the platforms a lot easier. Um, Let's talk about jumping real quick. Jumping yeah. was so important in this game because, as I said earlier, everyone's playing King of the Dock, and when you get thrown off the dock, you get two jumps to get back. You have like yeah. a regular jump, then you have like an up and B sort of attack jump move. And every yeah. character had like two moves to get back to the dock. And some of them had better get back moves than others. And the ones who didn't have good get back moves were incredibly difficult to play. And, yeah, and, and Link also had the hook shot, which you could get back. You could use to grab the platform and get back. Like if you're a little further away too. And then, but yeah, then Samus from Metroid. Samus um, had that awesome charge up ball. Fuck. Mm-hmm. I've been shot with, I mean, I feel like all my best friends played Samus. Like Derek and Big Chris played Samus. I played with them the most. And yeah. They, the, the all all Samus players ever do is they run away and then they charge their ball and then yeah. they then they try and play the level game with you so they can shoot you from far away. Cool. And if you had like a low perc- if you had a high percentage and you got shot with a fully charged yeah you were done cannon like you were you were, you got hit off the stage yeah and Samus was great she had the she had another really good jump this the screw attack um and. Yeah. So the next two I grouped together, Firefox and Kirby, because they're both kind of like old Nintendo stars. Sorry, Star. I wrote it wrong. Star Fox. That's oh, just, sorry. I was I was looking at Firefox when I wrote that. Star Fox. Thank you. Star Fox. Star Fox and Kirby both had their own like Nintendo standalone franchise, but they were both kind of like I don't know, like kind of soft, kind of kind of warm games. You know, they got soft colors. They've got nice characters. They're these friendly yeah. animals. They're they weren't especially Kirby didn't, didn't seem like, and fire star Fox didn't have a personality to me. Like that they came in and were a part of this felt different to me, not bad, not good, but different. I liked that they were taking their own stars and repurposing them in new ways. Mm-hmm. Fox was interesting. Cause he had a, a firearm, like a, a blaster. Yeah. Like, yeah, like a, like a pistol that had really high rate of fire. Like pew, 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 yeah. pew, pew, pew. And, but I also just hate, but I hated how he jumped. I didn't really like, yeah, his like he had a really a really short jump. Yeah, I could never get the hang of it either. Yeah, I Kirby. never. I would say Fox is probably the one I used the least in this game. Jig, um, 
Jigglypuff for me. But. Oh, yeah. Well, Jigglypuff. No one it doesn't even really count. Um, <laughs> Kirby could do this cool thing where he would, like, suck you in and take your power just like in his game, which was cool. Another thing we should say is that what was really cool is that they would incorporate moves and skills and talents that these characters had in their own solo games, and they would put those in Smash Bros. You know, a lot of fighting games, like, everyone has, like, a punch and a kick, and it's, like, all kind of the same. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But not this. They, they, they individualized the attacks which made it feel more personal. And if you were like a fan of Kirby growing up, like you were like, oh my God, I can play Kirby, I can eat people and steal their power. If you were right. a fan of Samus growing up, you know, you could shoot people with a big ball or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it was just, it was really cool. That's a good point because in games like Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter, like if an up attack for Chun-Li and Ryu is the same attack. And, but for like Link and Kirby, an up attack is completely different. A lot of uh, fighting games have that. They have like the same formula of moves regardless of the character. It might look a little different, but like the effect is the same. This was that they threw that formula out of left field in this. They said, fuck yeah. that. We're just gonna let them be who they are. There's probably a lot of competitive imbalance in the characters. I mean, obviously, like Jigglypuff's so awful. But I've yeah. I've never read anything about that. I've never read like the bad plus and minuses of character development in Super Smash Brothers 64. I mean, they, somebody probably did write an article about it, but yeah. And but so but Kirby was he was a a pretty good character because he, he he could mimic moves and he also had an amazing like he could jump like or float yeah he very, could float he could float a lot um yeah. and he, he was really hard to throw dock. off the dock because he would just yeah. keep coming back have we not talked about your favorite character yet are we getting to their next or is that no we, I don't, I, have don't, we talked you don't you remember who I play with I think I think we're I think we're going there next uh. Nah. We're not. We're not. Oh, okay. Now I know who it is. Well, the the next characters we're going to talk about are Donkey Kong and Yoshi. And I think DK was easily my second favorite because he was so powerful and he could just knock yeah. the shit out of people. He had that rope-a-dope. You could like, yeah, like kind of how Samus could wind up his, uh, or charge up his shot. Donkey Kong mm -hmm. could wind up his rope-a-dope so mm -hmm. that like when a fucker would get in front of his face, he'd just go, Bam! And like one hit KO him right off. He had like a walking home run bat in his arm, which was cool. The other thing that I love about Donkey Kong, and he was actually my first character that I ever started playing with and the first one I kind of learned the game with, Donkey Kong was the only one that could pick people up and then walk places with them before throwing them. Oh, really? I did not realize that. Yeah, everyone else, if you did a throw move, they would throw them from the spot where the move was initiated. But Donkey Kong could grab you, walk over to the edge of the dock, and then throw the fucker off. And he also had that... The, the slap down move that like if someone got around like close to you, you could just start doing that. Yeah. And it was just like disorient everybody. Yeah. But he, I will say the most difficult piece of using DK was his jumping. His jumping was so hard to control. Sometimes he didn't have uh, a good comeback. His second comeback was just that weird arm spin thing. It didn't go up at all. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And well, Yoshi, Yoshi kind of sucks. Let's be real. Yoshi's like a character that people use a lot because he can, he can suck people in and then shit them out. And you could do that in this game and like <laughs> you could poop people off the edge. And Yeah, with your friends. But if you're playing the computer, they would break the egg yeah, they before would. they would fall off. So it was, I thought that too. I was like, well, you can shit people off the edge. Oh, I'm there. <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, you're reading my diary, Nintendo. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't, remember, I don't remember Yoshi's movesets that well, though. Like, I don't, like we, it was very basic. Like he had like a like a kind of a headbutt. He could throw an egg. He could. Oh, okay, yeah. He could eat you and spit you forward or poop you out. A head smash. He had like a big head that was kind of like a ha the ha um, um, hammer mallet. The way he would use mm. it. 
and the jumping was like his jumping was like from Mario. He just like kind of floated in the air and he could he was pretty good at jumping. Um his jumping was good. Yeah. So next, why don't you introduce the next character? Well, the the next two are Pokemon. So um Pikachu is a uh, one of the original eight that you can play with. Pikachu, you know, I I love Pokemon at the time, but I never really got into using Pikachu because similarly his up and B move where he like, he, he turns into like a bolt of lightning. So when he gets mm. thrown off the dock and you use your up and B move, he gets turned into a bolt of light and then he's got to like shoot back up onto the land, but he's got to do it in a square, not like a, like a soft like arc. And so it was really hard to figure out. And I just, you would, you would accidentally overshoot the cliff and then you couldn't grab it. So you would, you'd end up killing yourself all the time. Yeah. And I, I never really got good with Pikachu. Um, but he was, a lot of people did, and he was he was difficult to deal with because he could draw thunderbolts like whenever he wanted and just uh, fucking zap you. Oh, and he was, did you already say this? He was really, really, really quick. Like, I didn't, he but could, he was quick. He was super quick. Um, and his jumping was, he, I mean, he like teleported. And but yeah, he I didn't use <laughs> this is talking about these characters now make me makes me realize how much I just use Link Link all the time. Oh yeah, like, I mean everyone had a favorite, right? Right, yeah. And then Jigglypuff, honestly, I don't know much about Jigglypuff. I, I always felt like Jigglypuff was kind of like a Kirby, um, but not, but it's not at but all. Not, like, but not good. <laughs> but like, didn't Jigglypuff have that like that wind up? Like it, he could like spin and then like kind of like, but then. But it wasn't you risk like falling off the cliff, off the well, edge. Well, and it wasn't like a power move. It wasn't like Donkey Kong. It wasn't like if he hit you with oh. it, you'd go flying. I mean, yeah, he could spin and hit you, but like everybody had some moves. Jigglypuff was the first unlockable character, and he was incredibly easy to unlock. I have, I don't remember how to unlock. I'm sure you could Google it, but it was like you play one multiplayer game, and Jigglypuff gets unlocked. Something like something like really easy that everybody gets. Yeah. And so the first unlockable character that you find is Jigglypuff. You get all excited. Whoa, a Pokemon! And by the way, kind of an odd fucking choice for... If you're going to put a second Pokemon in the game, I could think of 30 better options than Jigglypuff. But in yeah. fact, they, they put them in the game in the Pokeballs, which we'll, we'll get to in a minute when we get to weapons. Yeah. But Jigglypuff's just a bad choice. His like special move was he could sing and put you to sleep momentarily, which was completely worthless because you never had time to stand around and sing and then do something to people after because the game is just like, at least you were playing more than two characters, too much stuff is going on. Somebody would hit you and it wouldn't work. Jigglypuff's best redeeming quality was that he could return from a throw for fucking days. Like you, you you had to, you had to kill Jigglypuff, but it didn't matter because he was so fucking weak. You had to kill him again and again and again before he'd finally die. That is, after we talk about the the next characters, we should talk about characters that were not included in the game because I have, I have a beef with Nintendo about who was not included in this game. All right. Um, but well, before we before we get into it, let's yeah, let's introduce the last two characters. So the last two unlockable characters were Captain Falcon um, from is that game F Zero? F Zero. Yep. I never played that at all, and I mean, it was this was also an odd choice because that's a racing game. You know, <laughs> you took a race car driver out of a racing game and made him into a fighter. I mean, that's fine, but again, like Brendan said, you have better options. I, I imagine Brendan's got a few good ones, otherwise he wouldn't have said that. And the last uh, unlockable character was Ness from Earthbound, which is an obscure as fuck RPG from Super Nintendo, like maybe like 1994-ish. That yeah, Earthbound. Was very adult for... The content was very adult, and it was actually a pretty challenging game 
So I wouldn't say that it was all that popular, at least in my age group. It was more popular with people older than me. This is a theme going forward in a lot in Smash Brothers games that Ness was a very Japanese character. Like Earthbound is a very big game in Japan. Uh-huh. And Ness is a very well-known character in in Japan, just not in America. And Ness, yeah, Ness was like, he was a cool character to unlock and a good nod to that game because I played it as a kid, like Earthbound. But I, I never understood his moveset at all. He was so hard to use. And but I do know that the, the people that didn't know how to use him, they got good. They got well, and he had a he technically had a third jump because you could jump twice, and then you could use you could shoot yourself uh, in the ass. Yeah, you could shoot yourself, and you could get another yeah. jump. He had um, this fucked up. Uh, the, he had this fucked up return from the dog move where he would shoot this little ball of lightning up into the air, and then the player would control the little ball of lightning or static energy, whatever it was, and you had to control it just right so that it completed a perfect circle and came and shot you back up into the ass towards the direction you wanted to go. And it would sort of propel you that last little bit, mm. but it was, it was difficult to control in the first place. And it was also difficult to control because there's like chaos going around. And like, as when I was Mario, if I'd thrown Ness off and he'd be trying to do that, I'd start throwing fireballs and I'd intercept the fucker. And then he would just like die. Like he wouldn't get the boost. You know, he would just like be waiting for it. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was interesting. Captain Falcon, like you said, was, he was a more, he was a more power character. He had that punch. He was a Falcon lot like, punch. He was a lot like he was kind of a mix of like Samus and Donkey Kong. I would, yeah, I would say, yeah, and yeah, but I would say I would use him a lot because he had that that really hard that hard punch. He, and he could get really good KOs. Um, one, one, so the the our foursome like was me, my best friend Chris, my best friend Derek, and Derek's cousin Matt Kester. Like we played four players matters a lot, and Matt was always Captain Falcon. And even though Matt was the worst of us, he would usually finish around the near us with K. Well, near them with KOs because of Captain Falcon's power moves. Um. So no, I played with Mario. I'm surprised you forgot that, but oh, you played. So I didn't. I didn't really. I didn't realize we. And it's for no specific reason. I'm not some big Mario fanboy or anything. I just. When I was learning how to play the game, I identified a strategy early on that I wanted to go with. And you know, like Pete Carroll likes to run the ball for the Seahawks. Well, I (laughs) I decided when I was going to play Smash Brothers, I wanted to puppy guard the sides. I wanted to throw people off the sides and puppy guard. And Mario was the best combination of throw and and projectile. Because he had a really quick throw. Like, Like Samus and Link, their throw sucked because it was like this long extension thing. It was like mm-hmm. Lynx had like a grappling hook and Samus was like similar, but it would take yeah. like a few seconds to like shoot out. And if you miss, you're just standing there waiting to get like butt raped. And Mario, <laughs> Mario, Mario's was like real quick. He would just like grab you. And if he missed, he would just, he would go back to fighting. So you could, you could just run up and grab people. And if you catch them, swim them around, throw them off the edge and they start throwing fireballs at the fucker. So we can't get back. And, um, Mar- that, that combination of fireballs and throws is why I picked Mario. It was, it was nothing more extravagant than that. And I just learned, I like procured a strategy around that. That was just really effective. He, and I would say Mario is probably the most balanced character of them all too. Like, yeah. But I wasn't thinking about that when I picked him. It just worked. It just worked out. Yeah. It just worked out that way. Yeah. My, so my beef with the game is that, they didn't include Bowser and like, I, I imagine there was limitations and like, or like, princess or princess. Where, where the fuck is princess at? Well, I, I gotta say in the, in super smash bros melee in GameCube, Bowser has this move where he like falls on you. And if you do that move to princess, it looks like he's raping her. Cause she's like laying on her back, kicking and screaming her legs. Oh no, 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 no. And he falls directly on her missionary position style. That's funny. 
Uh, and so I used to be Bowser. <laughs> it's like all I do. I'd have like three princess characters I'd just go around there. And I'd be, you know, because I was like 19. I was like, princess Peach and Bowser are the two ones I would say like are the biggest misses. And they could have been included really easily. Um, yeah, get rid of Jigglypuff. And- yeah, get rid of like they not have like the two most maybe they were just trying to have a very balanced amount of like players from other franchises i agree bowser would have been a really good addition and he was a good addition to later iterations yeah he absolutely I mean, so absolutely wrote, so here's a few general observations i had about the characters um it seemed like to me and i played a lot of smash bros over there is it seemed like to me the most common characters that everyone else would pick were link and samus do you feel the yeah, same absolutely yeah it was i mean there are games where it would just be four links against each other yeah so <laughs> yeah it was always like for me it was like mario and three samuses or mario two samuses and the captain falcon yeah. um and then jigglypuff sucks he's absolutely garbage you can't win with him against anybody good in this game and ness was the hardest to play brennan said that and uh my my buddy Rhett got good with ness and i'll i have got a fun story about that that i'll share at the end um kind of an angry yeah. rant but overall like very very limited characters like there's only i mean what 12 characters in this game no there's and, less there's oh no you're right eight plus four you're right i'm sorry but let, let's get into the weapons like what were some of your favorite weapons from this game because that was something that was not ever included in many other fighting games like was yeah. the idea of having these random dropped weapons and the weapons that they had were all the different like items from the different games it was awesome and i love that you could fuck around with the frequency i loved the amount of control you had in the multiplayer of this game where you could we always turned weapons on very high we thought Mm. weapons made it fun like and we we had almost every weapon on except like star which was really stupid and uh, i think one of the power-ups we turned off like we turned off the power-ups too like we didn't like the heart and the maximum Mm -hmm. tomato that would like regen energy so we turned those off in the star, but we we would leave everything else on, and um, it just made it more fun because it seemed like even if you were even if you were on death's door, like somebody else just spawned and they have like zero damage, and you're in like the two hundreds, and he's chasing you down, you had the ability to go find a random weapon and turn that turn that shit around on him immediately. So it, it made it so. Um, unpredictable there were some that were more powerful powerful than the others and you like had to run and get them like i never turned off the star i never turned off weapons that much like that wasn't anything we ever did so like the star was typically in the game so and for those who who haven't played the game in a while the star was like from kirby you pick it up and then it would like come down off the screen and like go to where like in the middle no. of the no you're is that thinking, what it was? no you're thinking of one of the sequels the star oh, that Okay, okay, okay. The Star in 64 is like the Mario Star. It just makes you invincible for like 15 seconds. Uh, and it's super lame. I should have prefaced this show with everything I remember about Super Smash Brothers is from Melee because that's my favorite Super Smash Brothers. And we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but that's probably why I'm, I'm thinking of it. No problem. Uh, <laughs> so, the beam sword, so the beam sword was like this big lightsaber. It was sort of like this hot pink lightsaber. And it was big. It was like bigger than any character like when mario's running around with this twice the size of mario and you mm. could fuck dudes up with the bean sword and you could hit multiple dudes at once with one swing which i loved about this game like you could the the way that damage was dispersed was very liberal it's like everything causes damage in every direction which is how yeah. it should be right mm-hmm. and so the beam sword was super fun there was another little there was a my personal favorite was this weapon called the star wand 
which was it was it was about half the size of a beam sword. And if you pressed forward on the Star Wars when you shot it, it would shoot a little star at people. So it had like a projectile. But that's not why I liked it. For some reason, oh, you could throw every weapon at enemies. You could throw every weapon, yeah. And I was mm-hmm. telling you, I had puppy guard, right? When dudes are <laughs> trying to come back, and I would fling weapons at their head. And when you would hit dudes in the head with weapons, they would shoot way back, and it was super fun. For some reason, with the star wand, if you would throw the star wand and it would hit people, it would knock them down. Like so, if they were trying to return, they would go down, and they're dead. They're never coming back. Like so you would throw, you would throw a sword at someone that was trying to jump back on the screen, and you would just throw it at them, and like they would just. They yeah, wouldn't. so they're coming back like this, like um, horizontally, and I throw it horizontally. But instead of them being shot back horizontally, like every other item, they get shot like down and horizontal, like like away from the edge. Mm. And I don't know why the Star One did that, but it did, and it was it made it so effective. I, the, I, the mine was kind of like that. I would always like I tried to like throw the mines near the edge. It was cool because you couldn't really see the mines, right? Little tiny booby traps. You could if you were paying really close attention or if it was like a one-player game, but if you were on a bigger level like Star Fox's ship or Hyrule, dude, you, you'd lose track of those mines so fast. It's just like a little little dot on the screen and you'd be running past it that you're about to go fuck somebody up. Boom, you're dead. And the bob bomb. The bob bombs, yeah. Those were the they're... most powerful weapon, I think. And they, those were cool because if you didn't go grab them, they would just ignite and start like going off on the screen and blow you up, blow you the fuck up. Was the hammer in? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The ham- we turned the hammer off too because it was kind of yeah, the hammer was a was cheese. very much, was very much a cheese because the hammer would just it, <laughs> anyone you hit it was like an automatic KO. It was uh, from the original Donkey Kong. The hammer in Mar- in Donkey Kong, the original Donkey Kong, like. The arcade game. It was yeah. that hammer, and um, we would turn it and, off. And then there was the home run bat, which Ow. I don't even, I don't even understand what game this came from. I think it's just a throw-in. <laughs> but like the the home run bat was just like one hit kill. It wasn't a cheese because you actually had to hit the person. Like you had to time it right. Yeah, it had like a, like like Donkey Kong's rope a dope wind up. It had like this little wind up move, and you had to hit it just right. And you would hold still for it, and then you go boom. And if oh, I got to tell you, I was good with that too. Mario had a really quick swing. Some characters executed it faster than others. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, like a really it, quick short swing. Yeah, we got to talk about the Pokeball. Sorry. So the Pokeballs are are probably my my favorite or second favorite weapon because you never knew what was in them. Yeah, it was really fun, right? You would see a Pokeball, and there could be twenty to twenty-five different Pokemon that come out, and like you and all your friends would run over and fight for it, and you'd be beating each other up just to have the right to throw it, and yeah. then you throw it at somebody, and it'd be a fucking Goldeen or something, which does dick. It just stands there flapping at you. So this one time, I was playing with my buddy Glenn and his friend Zach in Olympia, and we were like seventeen or so. And Zach had never played before. I was kicking his ass, right? And Zach got a hold of a gold <laughs> of a Pokeball. And he throws it like near me, and the Goldeen pops out, and he doesn't know what's going on. And the fucker like jumps up out of the couch, like, Yeah, kick his ass, kick his ass! Like, he didn't know that it wasn't damaging me. And like, <laughs> me and Glenn pause the game because we're laughing at him so much. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. The, anytime a Goldeen came out, or even like Meowth or or Coughing, I remember Coughing was like, and it would, they, they didn't really do anything for you. Like, I think. Yeah, they kind of sucked. Squirtle. Yeah. Squirtle, if, yeah. If you could get it, Squirtle was a plane thing. Like he would affect anybody on his plane. So if you could get people stuck on a plane with a Squirtle, they were fucked. Because like the wand beam, when he shot you, would go, go down. It yeah. had like a downward spiral to it. Mm-hmm. Beedrills were badass. 
What was what, I forget what Beedrill's attack was. They would come across the whole screen like fucking fifty of them would just attack everybody all of a sudden. There was no escaping them. And if you were low on health, they would one hit kill you. Like if you were north of like one fifty or something. Yeah. So it was like a death sentence to people who were like kind of living on the edge. So would you say the the most strongest Pokeball though was Snorlax? Was he? Was oh Snorlax yeah, he, yeah, probably Snorlax. Yeah, like like he came and like covered the whole screen, right? And yeah. like the, took out whoever was underneath him. Yeah, if you saw Snorlax going up in the air you're, and it wasn't your Pokeball, you had to run as fast as you could to one side of the screen and then try and jump out of the way. Otherwise, his giant ass would butt swipe you off into oblivion. And then obviously there was Charizard and Blastoise. Oh, I said Squirtle. I meant Blastoise. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, and then I think Charizard was probably pretty good. okay. Yeah, Charizard was good. So really fun. Really cool. How do we make this game even more fun? Let's give them a, a, a multitude of diverse weapons, you know, and let them just go nuts. Yes, absolutely. And how can we make it even more fun? Bring in levels from our favorite video games. (laughs) We don't need to touch on all of them. No, but we got some badass drops. Why don't we play this one for you? This guy, this will get you guys in the mood for our favorite level. Yeah, but that was the Pokemon City drop or Saffron oh. City. Oh that, man, I'm sorry. I didn't think I got the Star Fox in. That's all right. Uh, we'll we'll talk about that one first. Uh, Saffron City was my second favorite level. It was the Pokemon place. It had a bunch of skyscrapers essentially that you would stand on top of and fight. And it also had this like Pokemon garage where like every 15 seconds or so, a different Pokemon <laughs> would come out of the garage. And, and affect the game somehow. Like Ch- Chansey would throw eggs at you that had items, and then there was like like somebody that would like cause an electrical explosion, and there was like a few other things too. So I thought that was a just a fun, good level. It had good puppy guarding on the edges. I don't, I don't that, that was because it had the pits. And the- yeah, between the skyscrapers. Yeah, and that and it was actually a really bad level for Pikachu. Like Pikachu suffered mm. in that level because of his up and B move. He was always falling between the skyscrapers. I think I don't remember that level as much because it it was a hard level to play it as if you because ha- you had to jump a lot. And I played with my brothers a lot too. Like my brothers were probably like eight and six when we were playing this game, and mm. so they, they died a lot on that level. <laughs> and so yeah. I, I probably picked bigger levels that they could uh, that they could do better on, like like this level. Is that, is that the right drop? Yeah, yeah, that's Star Fox's level. The Sector um, Z stage? Star, Fo- Star Fox was the best level because it was the biggest, and it was this giant ship, and it sort of had, like, the top of the ship, and then it had, like, the ass of the ship. So it had, like, the main battle area, then a tiny little battle area over on the far right side, and there was some other ship that was, like, storming around you, shooting lasers at you, and could totally fuck you up. And that kept it fresh. It was a really fun, fresh, big level. You could always like run away and find more space to turn around and fight. There was always like items because it was so big. Items were falling randomly. So that was definitely the level we played on the map. But obviously my my favorite level was from you know Zelda. And I, I have to play the drop because I got to play this song. That, that level had the cool tornado, which was, which was a fun mix-in. 
there was like two or three different spots where the tornado would just appear and like suck you into it and if you had low health it would kill you the the far left side was really good for puppy guardian and king of the dock the right side was a little more hectic because there was like that sort of pillar on the end so there was all that action in between the pillar and the edge but a good level it was a good level what's your most unfair level there was well probably the donkey kong level or the mm. the kirby level the levels that were just really tiny yeah. and had very few places to jump or go anywhere. it just felt like a lot of like fighting in a phone booth yeah which i which i think is the worst part of smash brothers i think it's just a bunch of button smashing yes i i would agree with that especially if you don't know what you're doing like even when you do know what you're doing, there's nothing else to do. Like you can't jump away. You can't provide better angles or better yeah. platforms or like you're just stuck in a phone booth. So there's nothing to do, but like find an item and swing it or, or do your like power B moves. Yeah, that's true. Planet Zeb's Zebbies. Zebbies. Or, uh, yeah. Samus's level. Samus's level. I don't, was that an interactive level or was it? Yeah. I, you know, I didn't even think about that one when you asked me because we never played that fucking level because the acid would rise all the time and it mm -hmm. ruined the fight. Like you would, you'd be fighting and then a this giant pool of acid would rise up and it would get all of you and you would all burn and then you would all kind of fly up and be damaged and you'd fall back down and you'd go back to fighting. It was just like having these annoying little breaks every 15 seconds in your fight. Yeah. I would say it was probably the most interactive level. I mean, the most had the most going on during it like because you actually had to pay attention to, to what it was like in the in the other smash brothers games they really got into these more interactive stages where there was like the stage might have been on rails or there was like stuff that's coming in and changing but like there wasn't it wasn't very interactive yeah i i didn't like S samus's level we never really played it very often mm. and uh there were a couple other uh levels i liked peach's castle mm. had sort of like this mm. this cool like rotating bridge that would go from left to right yeah. And so it was always changing the puppy guard spot and it had like these bumpers everywhere. So there was a lot of like unique ways to fight in that level. Um, I really liked the mushroom kingdom level. That was like the throwback Mario level. It had the pal box, box yeah, yeah. that you could hit. That level was a little unique because it didn't have like a true like uh, edge. Like <laughs> you would go to the edge of the level and it was weird. It's like you could see your guy, but you couldn't see him. He was like up in the corner kind of. Yeah. It was like, it was sort of like fighting the clouds when you would go to the edges. And it had that, that seesaw thing from the original Mario games that you could fight on, which was cool. Yeah. And then um, I said Saffron City was cool too. I, I can't think of any others. One of the inter interesting things about this game is that it was the only Super Smash Brothers to not have um, the Final Destination or Battlefield. They were only in single player only. But yeah, I think we pretty much named all, the, named all of them. Well, then... It might be time for a segue, Brennan. We got to change the title of this segment. We it can't be song of the month anymore. I think I was thinking maybe calling it song of the time or or song at the time. Song at the time, you know? Yeah, yeah. I song at the time. Um, we might need to work on that. Music of the time. How's that? Music of the time. Let's go with that for right now. So yeah, well, it needs listeners. Email email the show super nineties brothers at gmail.com. You can reach out to us on Twitter, Facebook. If you have a good idea for this segment, it used to be called Song of the Month. We're changing it because it's not really a song of the month. It's more of like a week in the nineties, but it's <laughs> it's always relevant to the topic we're doing today. Yep. Or on this show. So anyway, song of the time, song at the time, music of the time. Here it is. This was the number one song in America on April twenty sixth, nineteen ninety nine. One of my favorites, and I don't even need to introduce it. No, I don't want no scrub. A scrub is a guy that can't get no love from 
passenger side of his best friend's ride Trying to holler at me I don't want no scrub Scrub is a gotta game and if you listen, what a great, if you listen great to the show, you know that I love this song. <laughs> Why do you love this song? Tell me, can you have a quick story about that? No, I just love TLC. I had this CD. This is from Fan Mail, and it was a humongous hit. I, mean, I don't know. You probably have the stats about this song, but like it was probably a number one hit for a really long time. Oh, like it was like five or six weeks, I think, if I remember. Maybe four. Okay, but yeah, but not it, not more, not exponentially long. But I just remember it was a very, it's a very well-known song. Like if you think very of, popular, if you think of TLC, it, you're probably thinking of Waterfalls and No Scrubs. So, so I've got two anecdotes about No Scrubs. Okay. The first, the first is I was totally the guy on my best friend's ride, hanging out the side with a cell. We used to have like a cell phone. We'd borrow his dad's cell phone. It wouldn't be on, but I'd like be pretending to talk to it, like when I was like cruising in Olympia in my friend's Volvo, <laughs> like hollering at girls on the side. One time we did successfully get a girl to take her top off, which was a big night for me when I was sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> it was with a with an assist from my late cousin's uh, brother Malin. That's funny. Uh, and then my second anecdote is, didn't it seem like a lot of scrubby girls were into this song? <laughs> well, yes. Yeah, I mean, a lot of scrubby people were into this song, I think. Yeah, but it was, I don't, it seemed funny when really scrubby women were saying, oh, they didn't want any scrubby guys. And I was like, <laughs> all right, well, you know, you know, play yeah. in your league. <laughs> right. Uh, I remember it very well just because of the time. It was, we were freshmen in high school. It was a song that I had on CD. I love, I love TLC. So I, it took me a while to figure out what a scrub was. I wasn't the kind of guy that listened to this radio station. First of all, like this wasn't on my radar. Well, you weren't, so it, you weren't listening to this popular music. You were listening. No, no, not me. Oldies. Well, I was always listening to like classic rock or, or even like some, like even at the time I liked some like modern rock, like at the time it was like Limp Biscuit. but like usually that shit wasn't on TRL. Usually it was this poppy shit. And I was, I wasn't into it. Well, and I didn't know what a scrub was well, at first. But you, you were one, Adam. We were. I think I was a scrub too. I definitely. I didn't even have a car until I was like seventeen. So I was a scrub for a while. I imagine there were women that knew me that thought I was a scrub. But I, I'd like to. I'd like to compare penises with them now. <laughs> um, well, thank you, America, for making this the number one song. The same time, one of my favorite games came out like that. That really. Yeah, makes me you remember last week. Remember last week we were talking shit about like 1990. It was like trimmers didn't do very well, and like the number one song was that Phil Collins piece of shit. Yeah, and it's like well, fast forward nine years, Super Smash Brothers is kicking ass, and No Scrubs is on the radio, and D- Brennan's dancing by himself in the bathroom. Ex- uh, in my bedroom, not in the bathroom. Never. I don't know. Probably, probably in the shower. Yeah. You know, like yeah, I, yeah. I in front of a mirror. If I'm like my son who dances everywhere. I, that must have been me at that age too. So I, are you going to get everywhere? Speaking of that, are you going to get that checked out? Get what checked out? That your son dances everywhere. Is there like a, a doctor we take him to? Uh, I think he's just very, he just likes dancing. He likes to uh, sing and dance. I mean, I did that too. So we're not going to get it checked out. We're not going to get it checked out. I, I, I like right. it. It's very joyful. <laughs> Children enjoy. I think we should probably talk briefly about this just because this is a multiplayer game it, and I, I would say most people probably played this as a multiplayer game, but like there was a single player mode of super smash brothers and what? Yeah, there was, there was a one player mode and you could play, you could play matches, which I don't, there, there was no incentive to really play this game by yourself. 
I mean, Except if your friends weren't able to come over yet. Exactly. But like in the future games, like playing it by yourself, you could get unlockables. Yeah. Um, and no, that, I think I think there were some unlockables in this. Well, I think you had. To, I think the characters or levels or something had to be unlocked. There was no. I don't think there was any unlockable stages in this. In this. No, there was. The Mushroom Kingdom isn't isn't accessible when you when you first start a new game. Okay. You're the right. one with the pow. You're right. Pows. That was the one unlockable level in in the game. So isn't it funny how I lockbox things like that? I, I haven't put that up. I, I did no research for this podcast, by the way. <laughs> Brennan, we added this into the intro of our show where Brennan says we're doing hazy memory riffs, which gives us some credence to be wrong sometimes. But I'm so confident in not being wrong on this. <laughs> um, that's true. Um, and then, but what that was it? Was there anything uh, like? Well, you- I just wanted I just wanted to mention how I I liked the the diversity of the one player mode it wasn't just like it feels like every other fighting game like mortal kombat like you fight kano then you fight sonya then you fight so and so and then you fight mm-hmm. sonya and then Liu kang like it was so basic yeah and this one was like well fuck all those rules we're gonna do whatever is fun and so like there are one-on-one fights but then there's like a two-on-two fight like you and like somebody else versus the mario brothers then there's like you and two other teammates versus a giant donkey kong who's like extra hard to kill and you have to get him to like 350%. Yeah. There's like you versus the Yoshi team, you versus a, a, a shitload of polygons that mm-hmm. just keep coming at you from every which way. It was very creative. Was this, I'm, and this is going to be like my melee. Was there like a, when you did single player, was it like you go from, you play the first level and then you played like a, a mini level or is that melee? This had two bonus stages okay that were many that were many levels and they were like break the targets yeah so do you remember they had to break the yeah. okay yeah yeah and then there was another one that was that was really stupid it was like go to the finish line and that one was way dumber the targets one required some skill the finish line one was like you just run to the end of the level yeah at least the mark so what but what was cool about that was that every character had an individualized bonus stages so if when you would go through and play the one player mode with somebody else, those bonus stages were different to to accommodate their move set. Like if you're playing as Ness, like you would have to like some of the targets were really hard to get because you had to use his like lightning thing to get it. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was difficult. Um. Anyway, so and then at the end you'd fight the giant hand. The giant which, hand. And- which I, I gotta say, what the fuck was that? <laughs> like what? What is it? You you you've literally. You've designed a game that is open to the multiverse of Nintendo games. Like, you could pick literally anything from all of these different worlds to be your main boss. Or any combination. Or something new. You're fine. Instead, you pick a giant Mario glove. So all these characters were toys, right? They they were like little toys in a toy box that this kid was playing with. And they were were fighting the controller. Damn the man! I don't know. That, yeah. Oh, you mean like we're? You mean it's like action figures with like little kids, and you're fighting the kid that's playing with you? Yeah, isn't that what? That must have been introduced in Melee when they were like little figurines. No, they were figurines in this one too. Like okay. the opening, the opening is really nondescript. Yeah, but there's something going on where like you're a you're a model or you're a figurine or something, and yeah. so part of what you're saying makes sense. I just don't think it wraps together very well this story. I think yeah. Bowser. Bowser would have been fine. Yeah, it would have been cool if the it would have been cool if it would have been Bowser. I mean, there was a in the later games there was a giga there's a giga Bowser, so it's like a really humongous Bowser um and some other big characters. Uh, yeah, it was it didn't really make much sense. 
And they kind of stuck with the hand. I mean, the, the hand boss is still around, I think. Um, Talk to the hand. You remember? That's very 90s. <laughs> Talk to the hand. Talk to the hand. Whatever. That's Clueless. Have we done Clueless? We did. Check out our <laughs> Clueless podcast. We have done Clueless. So we're going to go into, a, we're going to briefly touch on the sequels, the Smash sequels. The first thing that you wrote in your notes is what went wrong with the sequels. And I want to say nothing went wrong with the sequels. You already you already stole my anecdote of what I think went wrong with the sequels, which is Z Planet Zebes, the Samus level, oh. and the initiation of less comfortable fighting conditions and more chance, more chaos. I felt like every iteration of this game, they wanted more chance and more chaos, which removes skill. I'm not going to disagree with you at, at, at all, but I'm going to say that Melee is probably the definitive version of Smash Brothers. What do you mean by definitive? Like, it's the best version this of this game ever. Boo. That's not a Brennan... It's not a or, fact. I, I would say it's a fact. There's people that are... It's subjective. There's people that still play in Melee tournaments today that make that are making not millions but are making a lot of money in like purses that like it's still one of the most biggest multiplayer games that is still sanctioned as a fighting game for for competitive gaming like melee do, like, do you th- do you think if our high school had esports we would have played i wouldn't have i'm not good enough at video games but if we would have had a mario kart team i would have lettered in it like if you if i will or, i'm sorry smash bros not if, mario kart. if you could have taken your your skill from 64 to melee adam you could be like one of the the top competitive melee gamers and you could be making thousands of dollars being a melee fighter what a tough life melee is fine i i think melee is the second best like i just think that it did exactly what i said about planet zbs like it it ramped up the chance and it ramped up the chaos yeah and that's that's true but like when you there you can go and switch the levels and make them and play the the stock versions of the levels and that that takes away the chaos of it at least. So I've owned Melee forever and never really played it much. Hmm. Um, I whenever I play it, I always get annoyed and end up playing the sixty four version. I mean, I could see like why you would love a game like this so much. I but it's I will say like it's a Melee is just like it was my favorite. It it introduced all the characters that you wish were in. You know, Super Smash. So was was there one after Wii before Switch? Yes, that was Brawl. No, right. No, so it went. So it went Super Smash Brothers, um, Melee, Brawl, and then it went Super Smash Brothers Wii U, and then now we're at Ultimate. So did you play Brawl or Wii U? I've played all the iterations, and I've bought all the Super Smash Brothers, and I've. I will say, like, I've spent the most time with Melee, and then from then on, like, I've played, like, I probably played it for a week, and then I stopped playing it. A really, really good friend of mine, after I broke my femur, did something very kind, and he brought me Super Smash Brothers Ultimate for my Switch. Oh, that's right, yeah. So I was in bed. I couldn't do anything, and I had owned a Switch for, I don't know, a year or two, and I broke my femur in Spokane, luckily. Um, and I had friends and family around. So Brennan and his brother drove me to the hospital cause they were with me and, uh, got me all set up. And then Brennan was nice enough to bring me, he bought me a, a new game and he bought me a charger for my switch so that I could play my Nintendo switch in the hospital, laying in bed for like, I was there for like six days. So this was a big deal. 
those were that's an important week when you're in the hospital. Yeah. And you need stuff to do. Yeah. So anyway, I wanted to take a moment on air to tell you how cool I thought that was. I mean, it it was the least I could do. You you broke your leg on my boat and yeah, we had to like drag you from the off the boat to the dock and it was like it was screaming while well, I was screaming. You, you you yeah, it was it was a that was a crazy ass day and I was like I felt so terrible that you had to be in Spokane for like an like a month with a broken femur. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was it was weird, but I mean it worked out really well. I my parents came over and we just hung out in my father-in-law's house and watched Andy Griffith. Like me and my parents and my father-in-law for like a month. My mom made us these awesome meals. Everyone treated me like a king for like five months because I had a broken leg. I was everybody's favorite guy in the world. And I told you the story. Like I went to a wedding and I was doing like the most unimpressive dance moves ever. And everyone was treating me like I was like, I don't know, fucking Justin Timberlake. Like it was just, it was almost embarrassing. But I, I you know, I, re- I recognized what was going on and I didn't abuse it. But I, what I was going to say about the characters like that in Melee, they, they brought characters that I really that I wish would have been in in the right original. Like they had Ganondorf. They had. Yeah. They had they introduced Marth, which Marth was like another sword play kind of character, which I also used a lot. What's Marth from and why is he named Marth? Uh, Fire Emblem. Oh, all these dorks on my. my <laughs> I'm on like a Nintendo Facebook group and oh, my God, people are always talking about the Fire Emblem games. Yeah. I never knew what they were talking about. They brought Mewtwo, which is actually a usable Pokemon, unlike Jigglypuff. Yeah. They brought the the unusable, like Mr. Game and Watch. So, uh, so I gotta ask a real question: Is there is there anything actually wrong with the sequels, or am I just getting old and my reflexes aren't good, and that's why I'm not good? I I think you're just getting old. I will say there is from since Melee. There's been a none of the games have been nearly as well received as Melee. And so, and now that they've gotten to ultimate, like ultimate's just a really, it's probably the final version of this game I, I can imagine ever existing because it has literally every character that has ever appeared in Super Smash Ugh. Bros. I, I can't believe how how interested people are in that discussion, by the way. Hey, did you hear who's coming out for Super Smash Brothers? I'm like, there's like 800 playable characters and also who gives a shit? <laughs> um, there's like like five different versions of Link. So that's fun. Uh, guess how many can guess how many characters are in Super Smash Brothers? Ultimate. Yeah. Okay, so I guess eight hundred was off. I <laughs> I still think it's got to be close to three digits. I'll say I still say north of three digits. I'll say like one twenty. No, there, there's it's eighty nine um, or sorry eighty eighty seven. Um, so you're close, but that's still that's a cool. ton of characters. There, but yeah. I will say a lot of the characters that are in it are there's a base character, a base set, and now they just repeat it. Like they like there'll be a Zelda, there'll be a Link type, and then there'll be like seven different versions of Link. They do they're a little different. They might be heavier, lighter. They moves might be more powerful. They might have a little bit different. But like it's it's a it it's a lot. It's cumbersome. I will say. Like I've played a little bit of Ultimate, and it is there's just too much there. Which is, I guess is a good thing. So instead of uh, doing dumb shit, because I know we both love this franchise, I thought we might play another round of Bye Felicia. That was pretty fun, huh? Yeah, let, let's do it. Bye Felicia. So in Bye Felicia, we each pick a character to remove from the, in this case, a game. 
And we, we say bye, Felicia, to them because we don't think we need you in this game. Now, we're yeah. not going to do we've, – we've made a rule in the past that you can't do, like, the dog or something. And in this case, we're going to do Jigglypuff. So, of the of the original 12, and that includes the unlockables, the Nintendo 64 Smash Brothers, you know who – I wrote it in our show sheet who I'm eliminating. Why don't you tell me yours? I'm looking and thinking because I don't want to pick who you picked. It's uh, okay if you pick who I pick. You know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to get rid of Captain Falcon. I think Captain Falcon is the most throwaway character in this game. You never ever see Captain Falcon in F-Zero. And then they just made some random character. His moveset doesn't really make sense for him as a, like, as a fighter. As a driver? Because he's a driver. (laughs) Like, like they just kind of had to probably make a moveset for him and all these different special moves because he never existed as like a, as a playable character, you know, like except for driving. So I would throw away Captain Falcon because he probably makes the least amount of sense as a fighter. Yeah, I never really knew what he was from at the time. And I, I somebody told me F-Zero. I didn't, at the time, I didn't really know what that was. I never owned F-Zero. I never played it much. I've since gone back and tried to play it. It's sort of like a, a cheesy poor man's Mario Kart to me. Like, I don't, I don't get why F-Zero is popular, personally. I, don't I, can, think tell it's you, like, I can tell you why it's popular. So... When the Super Nintendo came out, the Super Nintendo had this new like had this new type of technology where basically they can make a screen look 3D, but it was actually on a two on a 2D. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. So when you're in a driving game, the screen would just come around like basically pull around the driver. Like you're not actually moving. The screen's moving like I can't really I'm not explaining this well, but it was a tech demo. Like F-Zero was a tech demo for the Super Nintendo and what this new, what the new system could do. And then they decided to like, oh, we need to make, we need to have a launch game. We already have this tech demo. Like, so we're going to... It was a launch game? Yeah. So we're going to release the Super Nintendo with Super Mario Brothers and F-Zero. Like that was the two games that were available. I think maybe Pilot Wings was... was I was about to say, so it's famous, like the Pilot Wings way. Right. It's famous because it was one of the only games you could play in the beginning. Exactly. And, but it, you know, it, it showed off what the Super Nintendo could do and it has kind of a cult following and they, you know, every time a new Nintendo system comes out, they're like, when's F- the new F-Zero going to come out? So. I've tried to play it on my mod. I, I can't get into it. I don't it's, find it's, it. it's too quick. It's very. Yeah. Very, yeah. I, I, it's chaotic. Yeah. It's and that, like the new Smash Bros. games. And that's, and that's why, you know, a couple of years later that, Super Mario Kart came out and they slowed it down a little bit. <laughs> so yeah, I'm getting rid of Captain Falcon. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm getting rid of Ness because I didn't. First of all, I didn't know Earthbound was so popular in Japan. That makes more sense. I learned that today from Brennan. Um, <laughs> so thanks for sharing that factoid. But I, I'm getting rid of Ness because he didn't seem to fit to me. He was. He didn't seem like a fighter. He was like this dorky little nerdy kid. At least Captain Falcon was like a man. Was there any other kids in this game? I guess you could argue Jigglypuff is a kid, maybe. But like Ness is like a little boy with a yo-yo from a game that, frankly, nobody I know ever got into. I know people that played it, but I never... I, I know like there's a bunch of like RPG purists that will talk about Earthbound all day and what a great game it is. And I tend to trust them I, because I got really deep into like Final Fantasy... Six, aka Final Fantasy Three, and Chrono Trigger. It's so, like I get how you can get really deep into an RPG and it becomes like like almost like mythological mythological to you. Yeah. And I, I think that's what happened here, but it never happened for me and it never happened for anybody I knew. Moreover, we've talked about me being a savant at this game. I've lost 
competitively in this game that I count anyway one time in my life. And that was a two-on-one battle that I played against Rhett and I think it was Big Chris. And Chris was Samus and Rhett was Ness. And for whatever and we turned team attack on instead of and they were on a team and against me, right? And it didn't matter. Like I used to play three on one. I'd beat beat everyone. In fact, they may have had a third guy, but I killed him off at some point. Like a third computer player or something. Anyway, with team attack on, Ness has this mode where he can take damage and it heals him. So these fuckers would run away and Samus would load up his ball and shoot Ness. So it's like I had to kill Ness two times for every once that you would have to kill somebody normally because they kept repowering him. And still I almost beat these fuckers. Like we were all down to one guy at the very end. I somehow got them all down to where we all had one guy left and I was losing by a lot. So it was like, it was like Super Bowl Patriots versus Falcons comeback, right? Like there was, there was three, but I got him down to one life and I thought I was going to complete the comeback and I, it was going to be epic. And this fucking bob that nobody even picked up went off on a random trajectory and blew me up and killed me. They didn't even get the kill. They didn't win the kill. The bob finished me off, but I, I, I lost because of that fucking nest cheat, that goddamn hack. So anyway, I'd get rid of nest because I'm still bitter about it. Right, <laughs> Big Chris beat me when I was seventeen. I'm I'm thirty seven now. I remember. I'm still. That's. I'm telling you. I'm so good at this game, listeners. Like, yeah. challenge me. Come at me, bro. <laughs> well, Captain Falcon and Ness. Bye, Felicia. Yeah, we say bye, Felicia. Get the fuck out. You ain't got to go home, but you got to get the hell up out of Smash Bros. <laughs> uh, the the kind of finish this off. What was the most memorable memorable part of this franchise for you? The hours with your friends. Mm. The the unadulterated joy of being 15 through 37 and playing with your friends for hours with not a fucking care in the world and being addicted to what's happening in the game. So into it. You know, you play video games with your friends. I mean, you're kind of into it, but you're kind of bullshitting and stuff. Not this game. Like, we're into it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think what's most memorable about this game for me is whenever this a new version of it comes out, typically, like, with a new version of Smash Brothers, they'll show it off at, like, a, at an E3 or somewhere, or on a, like, and they show Mario and Link fighting each other. And the fact that Mario and Link can fight each other is honestly the, the coolest thing probably ever introduced in, a, like, a Nintendo game. I, I think it's so, it's so cool. And... It's what makes me probably buy this game every time it comes out just because I want to like turn on my Nintendo, play a game as Mario and Link and or fighting each other. And that's what's memorable about it for me. Wow. That's very pure. (laughs) It's a purest answer. Um, Um, Well, is there any way that you think this franchise can take the next iteration to the next level? Like, is this franchise gonna remain like it's it's fallen out of favor the last five years uh, i don't know if it's fallen out of favor the way you think it has like it, it is one of the most highest selling games on the switch and the switch is one of the highest selling consoles of all time so well, i guess all right let me rephrase it's fallen out of favor with snobby gamers it's popular <laughs> with it's popular with a lot of average gamers we'll put it that way that's fair i i think what they would need to do to take a take a step take a take it to the next level is actually take it Take a step back, make it base again. But I, what did you just say about Smash, uh, Mario Kart sixty four? What they do? They slowed it down. They slowed it down. Yeah, they need the they need. But you can do that in in Ultimate. You can make the game feel like it's the original. Like 
on Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, like all the original games are all the original levels are there. You can even there can even make settings to make it like the original. Like there's so much you can do that like Super Smash Brothers today is so customizable that you can make it exactly how you want it to play. I mean, you, it won't feel the same as like 64. I will say it's the hardest thing about 64. Going back and playing it today, and I don't think we mentioned that, is that it is a, it's a hard, like for me, it's a hard game to go back and play because it's so, it feels kind of clunky. It's a clunky, it's a clunky fighter. And and I and I wanted to actually ask you this is like, would you, what would you guess that the rating of this game was for like a Metacritic? I don't know the Metacritic. I would guess it did well. I would guess in the eights. Yeah, 10. it's in the it's in the eights. It well not in the eights. It's seventy nine. It's like okay. at a, a seventy nine out of hundred. And Nintendo games, especially like Nintendo games that are original IPs, typically do very very well. And like this is probably a pretty low scoring first party Nintendo game for them. And for it to be such a big title, Super Smash Brothers, and have such a big history, like. It's actually the lowest rated of the of all the iterations, which I find very interesting. Well, it doesn't mean anything to me. There's, there's I, know. I, I know you hate. I know you the, hate. The Masked Singer was the number one show in America. The Masked Singer, like what? What's popular is not what's best. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I will say this game is hard to go back to. I wish. I wish it was. Uh, easier for me i wish i could beat you adam i wish i, we I wish i wish we could play competitively together i wish it could be fun but it's probably won't be <laughs> yeah I, mean, I think even when we played each other like i think you gave me a, a, a humongous amount of stock and still sure i gave you a handicap a very big handicap and yeah. it's still probably pretty unfair for you yeah i just don't think there's much they can do to this game it's, they're always going to want to add more they're adding more characters to this game you know every every three months. And so I think with the level that it's at now is it's never going to get, it's going to keep on just getting bigger and bigger. They're just going to keep adding more and more. There's even like, there's even rumors that now that Microsoft and Nintendo have this like kind of weird partnership that master chief might be the next downloadable character. And if master chief comes into the Nintendo world, that seems like a really big, some, some, something got off base. <laughs> they have like Ness, a little nerdy, shithead kid with a yo-yo fighting master chief <laughs> anyway um but speaking of things getting bigger and bigger and bigger our listens and our itunes ratings continue to kick ass and it's because of stud listeners like you guys one said list brennan was talking about earlier in the show how he was getting self-conscious about stuttering through a sentence one listener gave brennan some shit on soundcloud about that and we want to say to that guy hey man Give the, give the other shows a chance. He, we botched a sentence. We're doing podcasts. You know what I mean? It's live. We're allowed to botch sentences. Not only that, but he said this dude Brennan can't even talk, can't even make, can't even complete a sentence. And, you know. And I, I reminded Brennan that the internet is a, is a haven for trolls. And this, like, if we're going to put a show out there, we're going to get shit like that. You can't let it get to you. But, you know, the kid was, he was kind of, he was kind of rude to Brennan. Well, it is what it is. I mean, I will say I do I do stutter a lot. I can't always make a complete sentence when I'm doing well, this. You were recovering from a speech impediment that you had when you were like little, you said. 
That's that's very true, Adam. Thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> yeah, so, hello, Miss. I don't remember what your username was, but hey, there's more to the story there, bud. And we, if you record a podcast that's better than ours, you know, then I'll look into it. Gets more listens than ours, then I'll look into it. But until then, so so yeah, user zero 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 six three five seven. Go f yourself. Dun, dun. <laughs> um, and anyway, but keep. Keep those awesome five-star reviews coming in from the rest of you, especially from our favorite place, Cyprus. Um, and where else do we like? What other country did we do well in? I don't know. I don't remember. Um, was, I don't know. No, no, there was, was another there, one. Was it an Africa? African? Well, the point is we love Cyprus the most. And we do love uh, Cyprus the most. We're, we're planning a trip. Is it a country or a province? I believe Cyprus is a like a, a small independent country like off of Greece. Do they have their own like currency? Um, you know, you, you, sure. you present yourself as an expert on Cyprus, Brennan. I, I never know. presented myself as an expert on Cyprus. Well, I wrote it on my show sheet. So um, we should probably, you know, maybe that should be a segment. We should give a fun fact about Cyprus every episode. I really, yeah. Well, we'd love to learn more about Cyprus. If you guys would email, email the show at super nineties brothers at gmail.com. You can reach out to us on Facebook and Twitter and all the socials. Brennan's at pro bro po mode at the digital craftsman on Insta. You can follow the show at super nineties brothers and all that shit and email the show, reach out to us. We've had uh, a lot more listener engagement. We've even done some listener requested shows. Now you, that could be you. It just has to be a topic from the nineties that we know stuff about and we'll do it. And we got some bigger and bigger and better things coming up in the next, in the next couple months. Yeah. With, with hopefully some cool guests, maybe. We'll see how it goes. We'll see. We have never had a guest on this show, but you know. We've never been big enough to get guests, and now, like, we're big. We're, like, we're huge. We're like Christy Alley. Kirstie Alley? <laughs> 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 oh, my God. Uh, Quick side on Kirstie Alley. It Takes Two is the best Olsen Twins movie. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> I can say that about her because I hate her as a person and a human being because she loves Donald Trump. Oh, she does. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. Anyways, and if you love Donald Trump, I guess I just out hey, of This isn't a political show, Brennan. <laughs> I'm sorry. You can listen to the show if you like Donald Trump. Just don't email us like pro-Trump stuff. That's weird. Yeah, that would be weird. But you uh, can listen. You're That's fine. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening. So. Yeah. Yeah. We love you guys. Reach out to us. For Brennan, J, for Brennan Pointer, I am Adam J. Pitzler. This has been another home run batting episode of Super 90s Brothers, Super Smash Brothers Nintendo 64 style. I would love to, you know, puppy guard the edge and throw you off and hit you in the head with a star wand until you're dead. What about you, Brennan? Um, I would like to spin attack you and drop bombs. And, oh, I like using the bow and arrow, but I don't think the bow and arrow was in. Uh, Super Smash Brothers, so I can't really do that in this Yeah, version. so be Yoshi, eat us, shit us off the edge, and yeah, listen to the show. Definitely don't use Jigglypuff. No Jigglypuff. No. Alright, no. like, no. a, like no. a pregnant belly button, we're outie. <laughs> Bye. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>